0: Okay. what's hot in the strip clubs your host the 2016 and 2017 recipients of the exotic dancer publications dj of the year award danny Myers and elon fong
1: welcome to behind the curtain a what's hot in the strip clubs podcast on the pantheon podcast network i'm your host elon fong and we are back with another amazing guest uh what's hot in the strip clubs what are we well we are a strip club podcast yes we're going to peel back the curtain and uh introduce you to some of the amazing and talented individuals that work in the strip club industries and they're going to share their experiences talents and stories with you and we're also going to give you a little peek behind the curtain so you can understand how and why things work the way they do in the strip clubs Um, all of the what's hot podcasts can be found on all major streaming platforms you know, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, all of it, Amazon, or you can go to our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. My guest today... Hale's originally from New York City in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, He left there about age 13, moved down to South Florida. He's a 30-plus-year veteran of the strip club industry. He's worked at The Dollhouse, Solid Gold, Tiffany's, Scarlet's, pretty much everywhere in South Florida and and, and other places. We'll also touch upon his uh, cool experience going to Acapulco, Mexico. A very talented DJ, great guy. Ladies and gentlemen, from Vixens in South Florida, this is Andy Ruiz. Welcome, Andy. How's it going? How are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, it's great to have you on. I I got to meet you at Expo, the Adult Nightclub Expo, several years ago, and we got to go to Omnia and hang out and have a good time. Uh, It was a great night, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, you have such an interesting career. Let's start just a little bit. So you're in Brooklyn, uh, did the New York thing up until about 13, then your formative years, you ended up going to South Florida. How was that change and how'd that start?
2: It was uh, It was we used to come down here for the summers. So uh, we used to come down and visit my grandparents during the summers. Uh, and so I really liked, liked it down here. It mm-hmm. was a, it was a, a change that we had to make. My mother uh, decided she wanted to move back down, move, wanted to move down to Florida and be closer to her parents.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so it was a, a little bit of a culture shock because back in those days, uh, South Florida was still kind of like, the real South. There was a lot of okay. a lot of good old boys down here. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of uh, Floridians that had that that still had that southern drawl when they when they would talk to you. So coming from Brooklyn and having that Brooklyn accent, it's like
0: oh, look,
2: look, look, you're the big city guy.
0: Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was one of those things. Uh, I did high school down here. I did okay. high school down here. I was in the marching band uh, during high school. I played uh, four years varsity baseball. Okay, uh, down here, which I don't think I would have. I'm sure I could have done that in New York, but it wouldn't have been as as different as as it is down here because of the weather.
1: Yeah, it's more competitive. I yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, South South Florida was uh, it's been my home for a long time. I have relocated. Uh, I, I was in the service for three years. I lived in the state okay. of Washington for three years. Okay. Uh, I spent thank some you for your service. Yeah, thank you. I, I spent three years uh living in. Outside of Tacoma, at Fort, Fort Lewis, Washington, and then I was uh, I did uh, nine months in Memphis, working in okay. Memphis. So I have lived in other places, and each time I've just I've come running back to Florida.
1: <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful down there. I, I finally got to go down when I when I met you the first time in yeah. 2015. Um, well, so you were in marching band. So all DJs start with music. So one of my first questions yeah. is always: What was the first artist or music or song that hit you like a freight train, and you said? Oh my god, music! That's what I want to do. Do you remember who that was, or what when that hit you? Man, it could be. And doesn't, don't think of DJ. it could have been. I don't know. Freaking. You know, the Doors, well, or Led as, Zeppelin, or you know, whatever.
2: As a as a kid in New York, I always had a radio, and I and I remember uh, as early as being five years old and listening to the radio. And um, in those days, it was uh, it was WABC in New York, and it was AM radio, and they would would play music, and I actually thought that the artists that were singing, like, for example, the Beatles stand out for me, because I used to hear the Beatles on the radio, and I actually thought that at the radio station, it had these booths, and when it was the Beatles' turn, (laughs) the light would come on in the booth, and the Beatles would sing and play, and when the song was over, the light would go out, and then the next booth, the light would go on, and it could be janice Joplin, or it could be zeppelin or whatever and i I really thought as as a child that that, that's how that whole thing the
1: people you thought they were actually there singing i thought that they were at the radio (laughs) that's adorable
2: yeah yeah and they would you know they would play a number of songs and then they would actually tell you who the artist is and so forth right and just uh being an only child listening to the radio um i got really good at being able to tell who the artists were by listening, you know, sure. by hearing. Oh, and I would play this game with myself, Beatles, and I would wait for them to say who it was, and I would get them right, you know. Yeah, and that's that's where it all really started when it came to music. Um, I've always been around music, always, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I was in the band in high school, but as far as learning how to play another instrument or like a guitar or, or keyboards, never really. It never really crossed my mind until i was much older so, you know, maybe i should what, try to
1: what did yeah. you play in the band what, what instrument
2: i was i was uh i played the trumpet oh cool and uh during marching season we would i would play either the trumpet or the marching french horn okay to give it a fuller sound yeah and uh yeah for four years i was on the football field uh during halftime
1: nice that's awesome i know a lot of people in the band so band geeks out there about yeah. Park high school we band had an award winning band they went down to orlando yeah. every year and did really good <laughs> they, they were always in that big band competition, the high school marching oh, band oh, competition oh, in Florida, and they won a couple of times. Anyways, that was my high school in Pittsburgh. Um, so one, So, you started uh, in 1992 in the strip club industry. I know yeah. you got your big break auditioning at The Dollhouse in Pompano, but yeah. uh, what I really want to talk to you about, which I thought really interesting, is you're bilingual. So what what is your uh, background?
2: Spanish. And your uh, Spanish. Uh, Colombian.
1: Columbia? Oh, you're Colombian. Okay, I didn't know that. So, uh, I know in your bio, I found out that you were chosen to open the Pure Platinum in Acapulco, Mexico. That's really yeah. cool. The 94. Yeah. What was that like?
2: It was uh, a great experience. Um, when I was approached uh, to do it, I was working at, I think I was working at Salago, North Miami at the time when I was approached to do this. And that, mind you, I only really been DJing two years. Right. You know? So I was still learning the craft and getting my my thing together and so forth. And in those days, you had to you really had to have some kind of uh, uh, personality because we would do the full dress introductions on stage with all the girls that. behind you, and you're you're introducing all the girls. And while you're introducing the girls, you're joking with the customers and making a joke here and there. So you had to have some sort of personality. So when I got approached, I was I was you know really uh honored that wow yeah okay so we're going to mexico yeah we're gonna open a pure platinum in acapulco and we're bringing girls from all across the country some girls from pure platinum from here some solid gold uh girls from other cities that are flying in. we must have we must have taken like 50 girls with us and um man they went all out they they paid for our airfare and, and come to find out when we landed at the airport um the promotions that were going on prior to us getting there. When we got there, the newspapers were there. That's awesome. There were billboards, pure yeah. platinum, you know, all that stuff. Um, so that was really cool. We were there for a uh, little over, little over eight weeks. It was. Uh, we went in there uh, just before Thanksgiving, a couple of weeks before Thanksgiving. I didn't get out there until uh, middle of January. Okay. Um, I worked thirty-one days straight. I was only- yeah.
1: Lord have mercy.
2: And I had to do full dress. In yeah. English and Spanish. Oh, and wow. I had to do my stage calls to the girls in English and Spanish. And I would have to uh, talk to the customers on the mic in Spanish to get them to tip the girls. Sure. And things sure. Like that. So it was a great experience. I always looked at it as a working vacation. Cause I, yeah. I would always yeah. tell everybody if I never make it back to Acapulco, I can always say I was there. Yeah. And that's awesome. Right there. We, uh, we got to know all of the club owners, all the big nightclub owners that own clubs in town Baby yeah. O's. there was there was uh there was these amazing humongous clubs yeah where uh you know you'd pay one fee at the door and it was like open bar inside the club but wow it, it was they had this club that was tucked away into the mountainside. It had one whole ceiling to floor glass pane windows, and you can see oh, all shit. of Acapulco Bay. Wow.
1: How beautiful. The that.
2: floor. Amazing, especially at night. If you were on the other side of Acapulco Bay and you looked in that direction, you could see the lights.
1: Yeah, going in the, that is so cool.
2: That's right. So, um, and that, the funny story is that, that guy that owned that that club, I had met him months before at Salogo North Miami
1: because he okay. came
2: in the club and I was playing the house music and the and the stuff and he asked me where did I get my music from?
1: Uh-huh.
2: And I was like, oh there's this there's this couple of stores down on South Beach. You know, you go down mm-hmm. there, you talk to this guy, talk to that guy, this this store, that store. And that's when he tells me his name was Oscar Bustos. And he tells me that he owns this club in Acapulco
1: uh-huh.
2: in Mexico. And I was like Oh, okay. Maybe.
1: <laughs> Little did you know. Uh, you know. Yeah.
2: So I told him what, where he can go because he said that he, he would fly in uh, every three months and buy music and take it back to his club. Smart. The time, the time he was spinning vinyl.
1: Right. I was going to say, so, yeah, for, for people listening. So back then, you know, uh, if you're younger in particular, this is all vinyl and or CD. Yes. So you wow. had to go physically buy the music places and you had to have good hookups at record stores or with, the, with the record industry to get promos and and so on. So it was, it was really, there was an art form just to finding your music back in the day.
2: Oh, you would spend hours at the, at the record store, putting a record after record after record trying, and you might walk out of there with 10, 10 songs, right. You know, and as, as the technology started changing, you'd have to buy it, you know, you couldn't find it on a CD, then you'd have to buy the record, then you have to take it home, and you'd have to burn it onto a CD. Right. You know, <laughs> go through that whole process. Um, but, yeah, so I met him and didn't think nothing of it. Six months later, I'm in Acapulco, and I'm DJing at the club, and one of the entertainers <laughs> says, hey, this guy wants to meet you, wants to talk to you. So she brings him up to the booth,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's that guy. Oscar. Me, we shake hands, right? And I'm looking at him, and he goes, "We've met before." (laughs) I'm like, "Really?" Where? And it tells me in Miami. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I like, "Oh my God, that's you!"
1: That's awesome.
2: Wow. And I was like, "I'm really sorry. I didn't really believe you when you that. (laughs) You know, a lot of people come in the booth and tell you all this kind of. I own this club. I own that club, and you know, we offered, "Hey, we want to fly you to Chicago. We want to fly you to Montreal to DJ my club," and you never hear from them. Right. you always think, oh, these guys are whatever. But
1: but you never know who's in your room, do you? Yeah, right,
2: right. So we had such a great time in Acapulco where um, this hotel that they, they booked for us, Randy Beasley and Tommy Toothman. and uh, Big-time and Adder, managers in
1: the industry. Yeah, they're big-time managers so in the industry.
2: Another guy that was there, and uh, <laughs> Renee Rene Cardenas, um, they had us in this hotel that was tucked away in the side of a mountain. Some of the rooms had their own little private swimming pool. Awesome. The- the restaurant was an open-air restaurant right mm-hmm. by the pool. The pool had to swim up. Skool, yeah. But but it overlooked Acapulco Bay. Was, the wow. view was incredible. Wow. And so we basically spent our days waking up around 10, 11, going to the <laughs> restaurant, eating breakfast. And we're in the pool, and we're drinking, and we're having a great time. And then everybody, the siesta is a big deal. My three okay. friends,
1: so that's a real thing then the siesta is a real thing
2: everybody's taking a nap (laughs) like a couple of hours and then we start getting ready for for that night to go to work yeah work the whole night get done around four o'clock and then we all would go to the nightclubs afterwards wow hey i mean imagine us walking in with 25 30 fucking beautiful beautiful.
1: women yeah
2: american women because that's you know that was the big attraction was they were all american girls
1: it's changed now it's funny because everybody wants the latin girls now
2: (laughs) Yeah, it has changed a lot right and uh, yeah, we'd go to the nightclubs afterwards, and uh, uh they, they were really good to us. They, they we had some excursions where in those days, certain parts of the beach in Acapulco were owned by certain people, okay? Right? So they would have a restaurant there or some kind of uh, some kind of uh, club or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'd go to that beach because they've spoken to our people, and it's like, hey, why don't you bring the girls to the right? Beach of course, bring the
1: girls, there. bring the girls. Right.
2: And our girls, of course, they're American and they're walking around with G strings up their ass and everything, you know. So uh, (laughs) makes that guy's beach look good and they treat to food and everything. So it was it was a it was a great experience. I learned a lot. I learned a lot when I was there. We came back in January and brought back a lot of those girls to do the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl was here in Miami that year.
1: I was going to ask you about that. Now that was my next question. You yeah, about this was, Super Bowl cruise in nineteen ninety five. It
2: was there was Michael Peters had put together this uh, this cruise. It was like a they used to be like a one day cruise thing down here in Florida. You, they, you go on the boat, you go out into international waters, you gamble, whatever. And right. then you come Back. So it was something like that that he Michael had put together, and we were going to flood the ship with entertainers from all of his clubs down here. Right. Yeah, uh, both solid gold, the pure platinum, the dollhouse. We're gonna put girls right. on that, on these, on this boat, and uh, there was supposed to be all these heavy hitters that were coming into town, awesome. athletes, and the news reported on it, and they, they totally twisted the whole thing around. Wow sound like it was like some kind of hooker whorehouse
1: park. and yeah yeah, yeah. right, uh, right. Uh, whorehouse on the water
2: it was it was really bad <laughs> NFL came out with a statement if any of the players are caught on the ship they could be yeah, in yeah, trouble yeah. Uh, this um, but it was it was awesome mm-hmm. I got to work with Eddie Munoz I got to work with David Bohm I got to work with uh, California Quake. Legendary.
1: So those are all legendary DJs in the strip club industry. And Michael Peter is the guy who started the upscale strip club concept. He's the reason Motley Crue wrote Girls, Girls, Girls. Vince Neil's close friends with him. He is like the godfather of of upscale strip clubs. For those of you who don't know or who aren't in the industry. Sorry, go ahead.
2: Getting that these people may not know who these people are. Right. Matter of fact, I actually called Rob Caprio. Mm -hmm. Our favorite manager. I said to him, I need to be on that boat. I don't <laughs> care if it's, if it's uh, uh, a host or
1: or I'll be whatever. a busboy.
2: <laughs> I need to be on that ship. And thank God he, he, he took care of me and nice. he put me in California Quake in one room. We had like a little lounge. Nice. And I'm telling you, we ran, we ran a rotation in that room. We <laughs> must have ran 100 girls through that room. And girls are dancing on the sides on the boots everything. It was it was a total, total blast. It
1: was a that's great awesome.
2: experience to be on that on that cruise.
1: And any so what celebs were there? Can you talk about any, any crazy stories and any funny fights? Well, about- they
2: were being really strict because they there were cabins, rooms, and they had the girls were on a on a certain floor. Sure. And they had posted guards so no men could go that's good on that side of the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rooms work for the girls to change and all that stuff. That's awesome. So, um there may have been some playing around on the top deck or uh, on the ships right. or other places but you know for the most part we we kept it we kept it uh very professional and very clean Good. yeah it was, like it to was hear a, that. a lot of
1: fun see so see that's like you know one of the big myths about the strip club industry is that they're all whorehouses and like mm. look i'm not going to tell you it does there aren't prostitutes but for, most of the girls are not they're this there, it's about teasing you. It's, it's just having yeah. a good time. You get to hang out with a beautiful girl. That's the majority of girls, to be honest. In my it's in my 25 years in the industry, 30 years in the industry. Um it's about fantasy. you selling you're selling the fantasy. Exactly 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 let's go let's fast forward a little bit so now you're so how i heard about you was when you were at scarless you and tristan man Mm. you guys had a great reputation just in the strip club dj community and everyone was jealous and said you guys are some of the best actual djs in the industry and you get to play a house you know electronic dance music format and so i really want to talk a little bit about that so how did so you know you you said you got started in south florida and I assume some of those early clubs, you definitely played rock. was a little more open format, probably. Yeah, yeah. I did
2: a lot of open format. Uh, I remember in the days, again, going back to Michael's clubs, um, the format was set. In those early days, we actually had a playlist. It was a mm-hmm. big, thick.
1: I've seen it. I've seen the book. Yeah.
2: Hundreds of hundreds of songs on there. And we would meet once a month at Solid Gold in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, with Rob Caprio with our cassette tapes in hand, you know, <laughs> submitting songs that, that were coming out or, or, or were or out that were hits, whatever that we wanted added to the playlist. Right. And then songs we wanted to be removed off the playlist because there were still songs on there from the 50s or from the 60s <laughs> uh, on there that uh, we would we were told were okay to play. So as right. the times right. you know we went from playing hair band happy rock right you know partying and girls and sex and all that all of a sudden now we're into this grunge rock right you know, depressing and this angst and all this yeah. stuff because the girls were taken to it really quick so there was that that uh significant change over in the music at that time so okay. we had to keep adding songs to the playlist and we would we would go by the list uh and have that meeting once a month so you could you could be working at the dollhouse. They used to rotate the DJs every once in a while. So you can go, okay. you, you could be working at the dollhouse and they could send you to solid gold for Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. It's the same music format with just, just a few differences here and there, sure. right?
1: Every market's a little different. I tell people that all the time. Every little city but, has got its own but thing.
2: That's not significantly different where, you know, the sound was, it, it, every DJ knew uh, if you went to platinum and you DJ at Pure Platinum, you were basically playing off the same playlist, off the same, and playing the same songs. Right. Um, the only club that rock and roll didn't really ever work in was Solid Gold, North Miami.
1: Oh, okay. that was
2: more of a that was more of a little more dancier kind freestyle. of freestyle. Uh, yeah, a little more right. We, we could play some freestyle. You could play, uh, you know, more stuff along that line uh, that worked better there. While in the other clubs, you know, like Rock and Roll played played a big role in right. Pure Platinum. Uh, actually, uh, Dollhouse had, had a lot of rock. Salvo Fort Lauderdale had a lot of rock. Right. Uh, Pure Platinum was, was pretty much mixed. Uh, working with Scotty Miggs, that's another big... Yeah, name. I know,
1: Scotty. Yeah, I met him. I met him. I, again, There's. I never get to work with these people I got to meet, I heard when I was coming up yeah. in the industry. So think about that, uh, for people listening, you know, how technology has changed things. Now, you know, you guys know what a Spotify playlist is, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. So back in the day, you know, DJs would meet with the managers, and the managers had a strict control of the music format, and they had to submit songs, new songs they wanted to play and get permission to have it added. Isn't that crazy? And now the girls pick all their own music practice in many clubs, not all. And so the DJs don't even really, you know, to me, the lost art of DJing is reading a room and finding music that fits. Uh, Now you just got to kind of play what a lot of clubs got to play what the entertainer wants. So, I mean, that's just when, so that's interesting. You brought up grunge because grunge sort of elevated rock for a short time, but then it also killed it because soon after grunge died off and there was all the second generation, third generation, and then the, the new metal, which was rap combined with metal, rock yeah. came in, you know, that was an even angrier form of music. When do you, when did you start seeing it change more to dance music in the clubs and uh, strip clubs and, and as opposed to rock?
2: Well, I would say, I would say down here, because it is South Florida, the market is, is, is really particular,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: So I would say somewhere, somewhere, around the mid 90s um, 97 98 okay. I think the there was still rock being played in and in, in, in a lot of the clubs but I don't think it was being played as much as hip-hop started catching on sure um there was more of a more of a move towards that direction um although we didn't really play a whole lot of it uh in Michael's clubs at the time mm-hmm Uh, but yeah, the rock, the rock really, it it just started to fade. It was, you know, in those days, radio stations like Y100 here, local stations would play a variety of music, right? Right. So again, nowadays you have your hip hop stations and you have your top 40 stations and, you know, it's it's very segregated. Yeah. And it's all very, (laughs) very uh, specialized because uh, for some reason, just the music we, we have one i think one or two maybe rock stations now down here in south florida
1: yeah rock mostly, radios died everywhere there's
2: mostly yeah. classic rock what's considered classic rock now is the grunge
1: right 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 I, classic rock for radio standards is 20 if anything 25 years or older yeah so nirvana so, yeah yep.
2: garden all those all those bands are now considered classic yeah
1: rock. well corn <laughs> like, now is going to be classic rock soon isn't it? right it's hard, it's, <laughs>
2: it's hard to. that's crack. old we are
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, Scarlet's is a really interesting thing. You were the first, one of the first clubs I know. Uh, Pure Gold, I think you said in Miami where you worked, did the whole house dance music. Yes, yeah, solid, yeah, solid, solid gold. Yes, solid gold. Yeah. But Scarlet's really put it on the map nationally. I feel like that was one of the first to really. Then Vegas started doing it too. I I think, I think you guys even did it before Vegas. I think. Yeah, um, we were
2: doing it? Uh, let's, I joined. I joined Scarlet's in two thousand.
1: right he said
2: yes 2004 okay right and um they were already tristan storm was already there so he was already playing that type of format um because they had they had started going in that direction Mm -hmm. and uh eddie munoz was the other dj there and those guys were already uh playing uh some of that music okay There was a there was at the time though there was a kind of like a a lull because trance had gotten so big
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, that you started hearing commercials using trance like
1: yeah sounds
2: or you know in the early two
1: thousands I remember that right
2: right so you know the that music industry has has a real issue with becoming too commercialized right you know so in those days maybe not so much now but in those days if it became too popular too commercialized then they would go back underground and try to figure out <laughs> something else so there was there was this lull in between there where it just seemed like you know not a whole lot of there were too many copycat, too many yeah. copycat trance artists trying to sound the same right. because that's what was working and then um you know house music kind of changed a little bit and it was 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 trying to figure its way out. And I always tell people that for me personally, I think that what really started this whole new wave
0: mm-hmm.
2: was mm-hmm. Benny Benassi's Satisfaction. That yeah, that, that was, came out like, like 04, that, I think, that 05. That came out with that electro sound, Yeah, that hard electro sound that you've never heard before. Yeah, it was dope. So I think that for me personally, I, I would say that that was the, the beginning of what has blossomed into what we have now EDM now
1: called EDM so yes so what when, what um, what what artist or, or or of dance house rocked your world and made you fall in love with it because you know you started off in open format you said you rock growing up in yeah. Beatles and all that in New York and all that so when did like I remember first kind of experiencing dance music in when I started DJing and barbacking in Pittsburgh in 94, 95, John Harden was the DJ and Joe uh, Ruggiero. And I, I always say his name wrong, but Joey. Uh, and they were playing all the stuff from Miami and Florida and stuff. And I remember like, you know, LaBouche and all that stuff. And, right. I used to play right? that stuff. LaBouche. And, right. And, and, and then uh, I remember then
2: Hardaway and right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, uh, and, and, and what's the one, uh, Night at the Roxbury. That what is love? How do wait? that was how do right, right. yeah, yeah.
2: love that? That was big in those days. You, you, of course, you have uh, show me love, Robin S. Right? Uh, oh, I
1: love that track still. Yeah,
2: classic, classic song. Yeah,
1: yeah. and then big beat like Joey, Fat Boy I Slim.
2: I worked at Joey Ruggiero over there, Dalhouse and Pompano.
1: Oh, uh, Joey's the best. I he to- had that voice. He reminded me of Edward James almost, how he dressed in the black cowboy hat, yep, that always. smoky voice, and he, oh, you He's, motherfuckers. He right yeah, yeah. <laughs> love you, Joey, man. He gave me my break. He's the one who said, "Hey, you got a pretty good voice. You ever think about DJing?" I'm
2: like, he, "Sure, he, I'll try he was it." Actually, one in the auditions the night that I auditioned. That's awesome. He was one that's in the awesome. audition, and Robbie Joey Cameron was the best. Was,
1: yeah, Joey was the best. Um, yeah, then then like big beat stuff like Fatboy Slim, The Prodigy, uh, yeah. Chemical Brothers. That and that that spoke oh, to me because so I was sorry, a rock guy.
2: Up, you know, yeah. Um, great Crystal songs Method. Those days, uh, uh, higher state of unconsciousness came out. Oh yes, uh, all those songs. Yeah, uh, wow. Just it's bringing back a lot of memories. You know those yeah, songs. Yeah, being played, those were hot, hot tracks. You know, and it was an it was an alternative to the other music that was right. being played on the radio all the time. So you knew if you went to this particular club, this is what you were gonna get. Yeah, that was the identity that you had given that we had given the solid gold in North Miami and then eventually did the same thing at Scarlet's.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And then, like, then, you know, there was that also that intersection of rock and dance with, like, Nine Inch Nails with industrial music and ministry and all that stuff. So, oh, real quick, I want to mention. Lords of Acid yeah lords of Ad- i love them love lords of Ad- so many great strip clubs because it was yeah. all about sex too so it was like fit yes. the sensual atmosphere um so we're doing me and danny and what's hot in the strip clubs we're doing uh the i don't know if you saw this we're doing the strip club music hall of fame uh so i want you to submit your five nominees it, it, the artist has to have released a song before 2003 so 20 years ago okay. and we're going to come up with our, our initial class here in march so i'll get your list directly okay. and then i'll put it in for you but we'll, awesome. we'll talk about that in a minute but awesome. it can be any genre so it's not the rock and roll hall of fame this is the strip club music hall of fame so any genre and it's got to be before 2003 all of you can vote by the way oh God, just go to
2: difficult. there's so many songs
1: i know it is difficult but just pick an out artist out not a song ball. we're going for the artist so if you want to select do your you want to vote anyone can vote go yeah. to uh, so okay. www dot strip club, hof.com we're taking your nominees up till february 28th so go to the website go vote now are you
2: saying artist or are you saying song? artist 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 mm. so
1: uh we will release our inaugural class 2023 class in march so you have a couple more days to get your nominees in all right i, I had to say that and i'm www.hof.com hof.com H-O-F. 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 all right so we started talking about you said benny Benassi, uh, you did some amazing things at Scarletts. So first of all, Scarlet's is a true nightclub. I, I got to go there and hang out in the booth with you with me and mm-hmm. my girlfriend. And mm-hmm. man, so cool. The light show is amazing. You have these like people on stilts, got like neon right. guitarists going, live guitarists. You have so much going on. Beautiful women. They yeah. can have these panels come down and make the room smaller to make it feel more intimate if it's slower. And then it can open right. up into this yeah. mega club. It is right. a true experience. So I highly recommend. I don't know if it's still that way. We're i know doing, you're not there anymore we're but
2: that, we're doing that now at vixens
1: you're I doing think. it at vixens all right, we'll, we'll get to that in a second okay. um so scarlet's though it, it was the first you know i i you know it all, you know 11 which opened later much later yeah later. Like eight years later yeah. but yeah. i feel like they bit that part now they've got more hip-hop as music has changed obviously but they started off as a dance music edm yes. they had all the big djs they still yes. do but yes. um talk to me a little bit about how it's evolved, your DJing and your experience working in that kind of high, high-end production because it's a true it's look, most strip club DJs, you talk some shit on the mic, you're an MC, you have a little bit of lighting, you got pretty girls, you got right. polls, maybe you do some videos. Right. But like that's you know, I worked in Vegas at Club Paradise, and that was the beginning of me seeing somewhat of a production, right? We had right. show girls, we had all, we had a lot of stuff going on, but that was another level. Talk to me a little bit about you know that side of things.
2: Um yeah, you know, there was this period of rapid learning because you're going from uh, you're going from a basically bare minimum club where you're, you're like a solid gold at the time we had we were using the turntables and the CD players that we started using at first were just regular home CD players. So you're tapping away. Uh, track I 10.
1: Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> right.
2: so you had to go from record to. Hold on. Hold on one second. Yeah. You had to go from record to uh, to CD and back and forth and so forth. So <laughs> um, Then you walk into this other venue and there's Lighting rigs, and then there's, there's different mixers. And um, I was really late to the game to putting my music on a hard drive. Like, okay. I had a buddy of mine who was a DJ. I'm carrying these big flight cases of CDs, CDs. CDs you know, because <laughs> I got to have every, I have to have every CD, you know. Yeah, yeah me too. When was going to ask for a song, and, well, I have it. It's right here. in My two thousand CDs that I'm bringing in, carrying up the flight of stairs, these two flight cases, and my friend was like, "Dude, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta change with the times, man. You gotta, you gotta put these songs on a hard drive." And I'm like, do you know how long it's gonna take me to do that?" <laughs> so I still have those flight cases, and I still have CDs in there that are not on my hard drive because uh, <laughs> that's just it's still not time here to so, do all that.
1: Real quick before I let you continue, funny story. Yeah. So infamously. I was the, probably the last panda to switch from CD to like Virtual DJ and using like oh, yeah yeah in 2014 I finally switched. Tim Rhodes guilt-tripped me and pressured <laughs> me He's like, dude, I will I will walk you through Virtual DJ. Just and I'm and but to my point though, I will yeah. always say it's not the platform, it's your. Ability to know music and read the room that really matters because I mean, that stuff makes it easier. Technology is great. Once I jumped on, it was easy. I loved it. It made it so much right,
2: easier. Right. But-, but you get left behind if you don't stay yeah, yeah. up with the, with the technology. Exactly. And I know a lot of DJs that got left behind. A lot of yeah. DJs because, like you said, so you started on virtual DJ. Yeah. All right. So my, when I went to Scarlet's, we weren't using the computer at Solid Goal. Right. It we was the Records. Oh, okay. Records, oh, know? wow. And then they got the then they got the little small pioneer CD players, and we're using those. Uh, I get the scarlets, and there's a computer, there's a program in it called PC DJ Red.
1: Yeah, I've read, I've used that too. Yeah,
2: that's the one that I started on, you know, yeah. uh, and worked on for a while before we switched over to tractor. Okay. So um, there's that learning curve having to yep. become familiar with a with a software that you have to use, right? Along with oh, you can plug in. I'll put all your music on a hard drive. Then you just come in and all you're carrying is this, right? Instead of cases, twenty cases, right?
1: yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so or or even that because before when I think when I first started there I was still using um some of the CDs were still in were still in their jewel cases. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I had them. I, it was like it was like a color coordinated thing. Like it was easier to, for me to find a song. Yeah, I get it. CD because it was. I knew that color was out. Yeah, I get it totally. So um, to switch over to a hard drive, it took me a long time to do that. Plus, I started having to go down. I was already buying records uh, in the record stores in South Beach, and coming home, I had I bought my own CD burner. Mm-hmm. And and uh, before the actual PCs came with burners, I was burning right. in an actual CD burner. Right, 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 right. Uh, an actual yeah. unit that I had to use. Yep. So. Um, the 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 change of technology was rapid.
1: Yeah, and, and it, it keeps to, getting faster. To, it
2: Had to catch on because you know you could be set in your ways and be like, well, you know, I don't need to burn CDs or spend my time doing that. Isn't that right. a lot of guys I know got left behind? Yeah, because they sure. weren't willing to conform and change along with the times as times went on you know absolutely now you got, you got flash drives you, you know you put a you they're put smaller NCAA, now yeah you know now you got guys that are and and i wouldn't recommend this but i know a lot of guys do it um they stream yeah they play their whole night on, yeah. off spotify and stream We're crazy off. to me I, I don't know how you could do that I, you yeah. know what happens if the internet goes down
1: yeah and well and and i think technically legally I know the Spotify agreement, you can't play it for public consumption. So it's only a matter of time, technically speaking, I don't know that Spotify has gone after anybody, but right. if they ever decide to, they could, and then a lot of DJs are going to be in trouble. Um, back to Scarlett's real quick. So it's it's a, it's a full-on production. Like mm-hmm. when you go in his booth back in the day, back when he was at Scarlett's, it's like the Starship fricking enter- Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I walked up in that booth. I'm like, there's more lights and bells and whistles than you can possibly imagine. Right. Uh, especially coming from a typical strip club like I was. So um, how did you, did you have a lot to do with the coordination of like, you know, the fire breathers and the guitar guy and the stilt walkers and all that, or no, that would just, that just happened.
2: That was, that was, uh, that had to be incorporated in the rotation. There were slots, time slots where they would go on and they would perform like we do now with the, with our aerialists and our shows that we have at Vixens. Um, They go on at specific times, specific hours of the night. And they'll do their shows. And then uh, after their shows, we'll either do a show time or we'll go back into the regular uh, rotation. But you have, to, you have to incorporate that in your rotation and give yourself time in the rotation. So when their time to be on, the, the stages will finish uh, evenly. Right. And, uh, and then you can call girls to the side stages while they're performing on the main stage and you have all the stages covered. So right. that, that has to be implemented and, and incorporated into what you're already doing.
1: So no more main stage introduction, thank God. so, real quick, you mentioned that earlier. And let me explain what that was to people who never been to surf clubs in the 90s. They would have they would shut down all the stages. The DJ would come out, and he we had to wear suits or at least dress up nicely with a wireless yeah, mic. Yeah. And we would yeah. talk to the crowd for a minute, do some you know, uh, ladies' night promos, thank ladies' you. night, right? And then what happens is the girls, meanwhile, while you're stalling, are all going back and changing into full evening gowns, yes. people even like like prom okay of oh, sexier yeah. but prom right yeah and then sequin, sequin gowns sequin gowns and then if you, if you were really good you knew all the girls and their credits where they're from and stuff you could talk right. about or you would have cheat cards with you so then it became like the miss america pageant where you're like here's candy from pittsburgh pennsylvania she likes long walks on the beach and yeah. loves blowing dolphins you know whatever and then <laughs> she would come walk down you would hold yeah. her in- she would say hi in the mic real quick or keep walking. It depends on the club. Sometimes yeah. they would talk. Sometimes they wouldn't. Or even some of them would sing. I've seen. It was wild. So then you would go through all 50 girls or however many girls are at your club, walking across, getting introduced. They wave at the crowd and go walk off stage. And then they would go into a two for one or sell a t-shirt or whatever. So that's how right. it was right. back in the 90s. So that's what yeah. main stage. It was like Miss America pageant for yeah. 15 minutes every night.
2: <laughs> sometimes, you had to, sometimes you had to make something up if you didn't know the girl. Yeah. The new girl. <laughs> You turn okay, your back okay. to the you turn your back to the audience and ask her, What's your name? What's your name? Okay. Where <laughs> you from? Where you from? Okay, okay. And you come out and you make something up. Oh, she's been in the pages of uh she's been in the pages of uh Playboy uh, Playboy pages a lingerie. You've seen her in yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, uh victoria's secret
1: model <laughs> you saw her in sports center in the crowd the one time right, no. right, right. Uh, <laughs> all right so you were at Scarlet's for 15 years your longest residency and then in 2019 july of 2019 you moved to where you are now the amazing yeah, yeah. vixens cabaret now vixens yeah. started off as a live rock strip club yeah, but, right uh, they tried to do all rock
2: originally the concept was rock and country okay uh because uh nobody was doing that right. that was the original concept uh then they decided to switch things up and, and do more open format. Mm-hmm. And um, then they decided that, you know what? Uh, because the owners that own Vixens used to own Scarlet's. Okay. So when they sold it to Rick's Cabaret...
1: Uh, Rick's is the biggest uh, strip club chain in the industry. It's a very yeah, corporate. But, but they yeah, own a crap RCI. ton of clubs. Yeah, RCI. R- so it's a huge strip club chain. Sorry, go ahead.
2: So now the, the owners that... that uh, we're more we're more focused now to, uh, with Vixens, and decided to go and use the same formula since since now both Tristan Storm and I were both working at Vixens.
1: Oh, he's over there too.
2: Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't so, know that. Okay. Yeah, so they decided to use the same formula that worked for so many years at Scarlet's. So they, they got said, you two, and you guys are a plus. So they they decided to go in that direction, and, That's we, awesome. and it's really it's really paid off. We're doing really, really yeah. well. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. Cause hey, first of all, you guys are both phenomenal. I've heard you and I've only I heard about it. Tristan from every, yeah. everyone respects the shit out of Tristan and you. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm glad to hear that you are able to do and, and do what you love and do it the way you do it. Like, you know, I've sort of been out of the industry for a while and I've been blessed in my 25 years. I never worked at a club where the girls could pick their music. So I was always in control, control the format, reading the room, yeah. putting on the show. <laughs> Makes a huge
2: difference because yeah. in the early '90s, the girls had three by five cards, and you used to have a three by five card holder. And when Tiffany was up, you have to pull her card out and see what she liked to dance to, and then you'd have to write your rotation accordingly. Right. Oh, Tiffany wants to hear Madonna, Prince, uh, uh, Paula Abdul. Right. So you find another girl that has the same similar taste. <laughs> yeah. both on main stage while you're writing your rotation, so there wouldn't be any conflict. Because otherwise girls would get mad oh, right. you are playing my song right that girl oh i can't <laughs> taking t- to me taking that away from the girls yeah and setting a strict format on the music taking because entertainers oftentimes have don't have the best taste in music they want well, the to business so to
1: be fair right for making money and for what uh men want and need to get men to spend money. So there people forget that it's not about what I like really personally. It's right. about what I can do to drive revenue and make our guests happy within the context of our brand of the club. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. And so oftentimes when you when you would play for the girls and what they wanted to hear, it was oftentimes very, very slow.
1: Yes, they want slow and sexy music.
2: Very, very slow music and they want uh some Song no one's ever heard of, right? And often it,
1: Elon. I feel it's
2: not, it. It's not really good, right? So for what to, we do, yeah. So to take to take that option away from the girls uh makes it a lot easier because you don't have to worry about it. When a girl tells you, "Well, I can't dance to that," well, you you seem to dance just fine when you're in the back doing the dance, right? Right. Then right. I just saw you do a dance over here at the table over there. You seem to be dancing just fine to it. Yeah. So. Um,
1: Look, they and, dance the same to Metallica or Lil Wayne. Oh, it yeah, matter.
2: it's the same moves, <laughs> you know, they move most the of same them. Ways. There
1: are a few exceptions. I'll give them credit. There are a few. I will
2: say this: I think, it, I think it's one less thing for them to worry about. Yeah, you know, so they're not the girls aren't really focused on a particular song. Oftentimes, you might get a girl ask you, "Hey, can you play this?" Uh, but it's usually, you know, like. My approach has always been when you, when you're changing a format
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, from what it used to be. Like when we went from the open format to what we're doing now, mm-hmm. is there's that there's that process where you're gonna get a little a little bit of pushback sure. from the girls and maybe the audience a little bit. So you have to educate your audience yes. to what they're gonna listen to, what they're gonna hear when they come in.
1: How do you do that? How do you, how do you educate the, the audience and girls? How do you do that?
2: It's a, it's a, it's a gradual process as you're introducing the songs, right? So if you're going from open format to straight up EDM, you, you're gradually in, increasing the amount of EDM that you're playing and decreasing the amount of hip hop or rap or, 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 you know, yeah, that you're, 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 and then as you do that, you know you might when I first started at Vixens, I was getting a ton of requests for hip hop because that's what they were doing before, sure. And now, uh, maybe once or twice a night, yeah, I might get a request, yeah, and not every night, you know, because we've educated our audience, right, to know what they're going to get when they come in. This is the sound, this is what we're known for, yeah, and while everybody else is doing hip hop in open format, we're something different.
1: I had an interesting conversation. I had a guest come up and he wanted some hip hop or whatever. And I said, you know, I said, I can't play that particular hip hop. There's hip hop I can play, but I couldn't play that. And I said, well, let me ask you something. Why did you come here to us? You know, kind of what our vibe is and whatever. He's like, well, yeah, you got the prettiest girls. Uh, it's safe. It's clean. You know, mm-hmm. I said, All well, right. right. I said, and a big part of that is because the music we play. I said, right. so why would, why would you ask me to change what we do to what you like specifically when we are have the hottest girls in town, we're the most successful club in town, and now you're asking me to change it for and, and it's working. Right. And looked at me, he goes, yeah, that's a really good point. He's like, I get it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'll, he, never, I'll never understand a person that comes to the booth and wants you to play the complete opposite of what you're playing Right, just all night, you've been
1: here for hours, I've seen you.
2: Right, <laughs> just for them. Yeah. It, you know, it, it boggles my mind that someone would feel that they're that important that we need to just cater to you and play something that you want to hear that's completely opposite, completely opposite and slow because you want to hear it. Right. Uh, this All this is going on. Right. right? I'll never understand that.
1: Right. Look look around you, man. So you you have another cool opportunity with Vixen's. You guys always have really big name guest DJs. So yes. huge names in the EDM world. So Paul Oakenfold, yeah. Marcus Schultz, Robbie Rivera, and so many more. And so you've gotten to work with them open for them. So I have a couple questions for you on that. Number one is did they spin any differently than you're, you're used to seeing them at, at like their real shows or regular shows? And did uh, they clear okay. it all to like the visuals or or comment or even MC it all like they normally wouldn't? Because of the girls? Did they do anything different? Um, Some some of the DJs
2: that we brought in are, because oftentimes we'll we'll change it up a little bit, right? So Mm -hmm. we might book a DJ that is more of an open format DJ, right? So he'll play his open format stuff. Um, Oftentimes they'll play their open format music and it'll incorporate some of the EDM They'll incorporate some, uh, some hip hop remixes. Yeah. It may sound more like EDM or more like dance music.
1: That's what I did. Yeah. Uh, you
2: know, play uh, a lot of the guys that come in, though, uh, are playing those, those minute and a half mixes. Sure. On the song to the song to song to so
1: song. Like Paul Oakenfold uh, played it like sort of a normal but set. No,
2: Oakenfold played what, what he plays. Okay. Uh, Marcus Schultz plays what he plays. When You're Marcus a big Schultz.
1: artist, too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So they're going to they're gonna play what they're known for. They're okay. going to perform and play what they're known for. So if, if you have a, a DJ that's known for uh, house music, tech house, or, or techno, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's what they're going to play. When we've had Lavelle Dupree come in and throw down some insane sets, you awesome. know, to house, tech house, and, and and house music. We've had Scotty Boy come in and do the same thing. And just Nice. We've had Lewis D come in and just absolutely annihilate the room. Awesome. Playing what, not only playing what they play, but knowing, knowing what our club is known for. Yeah. Those guys will come in and and they'll bring it. We have uh, we've had Ollie Sanders who who's uh, the head of uh, Twisted Funk Records. Wow. He he comes in and and it just it, it's it's an honor and a joy to work with these guys because they really push you to be better. You know. Yeah.
1: That's what like, I was going to ask you. What did you learn watching these guys? Oh, man. What, what these guys,
2: It's the vibe that they can create. It's the sound that they have. I always watch the technical ability and how they're, they're doing their mixes and so forth. You know, if you're not always, if you're not, if you not always learning, you you become stagnant, right? Absolutely. So there's always something you can pick up from this guy or that guy or so forth, you know, uh, a certain sound or a certain idea. And, and ultimately it's, it's, it's really awesome to to get to work with these guys and watch them work. And all these guys, the majority of these guys, they're so cool, they're so open to to sharing and, and that's and, awesome and talking with you. And then, you know, then when you go on and you're playing and they're giving you props.
1: Oh wow. You know,
2: like, wow. Yeah, is, no shit. When 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 I'm playing a track and Marcus Schultz looks at me and goes, Whoa, what is this? He's, <laughs> looking at, he's looking at my my screen and I'm like He's like, can I, can I? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Take a picture of it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's always a, a thrill to, to work with these guys. It's a, it's an opportunity that, um, that's come up. That's allowed, allowed me to grow as, as a DJ, you know, shit. I yeah. wish I was doing this 20 years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wish yeah. Yeah.
2: Opportunity yeah. had happened then. Um, you know, it's allowed me to, to, to DJ on the groove cruise. It's allowed me to, to, to DJ with all these other DJs. And DJs that are coming in, we've we got a tremendous lineup coming up uh, this year. So
1: who who are some, who you got booked? Well, we have we have about.
2: Anthony Anthony Attila coming. Uh, we've got uh, Roger Sanchez coming. Okay. We're gonna have uh, Marcus is coming back later later Marcus this year. March so Bulls, so yeah. uh, There's a lot of uh, other guys that I don't think I'm allowed to say yet.
1: Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. got the scoop. Hasn't been announced. Well, let me, um, let me tell you, man, I, I working at Cahoots in Columbus, Ohio for so many years. I, one of the biggest compliments I got, I remember some people came up from South Florida and they came up and they were like, dude, you're awesome. I feel like I'm at home. I feel like I'm in South Florida and this is Columbus, awesome. Ohio. This is crazy. So I was like, yeah, you know, I felt pretty good that cool. night. Hey man, tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and then we'll come back. So we'll be right back with more with Andy Ruiz, Andy Ruiz right after this. All right, we're back with Andrew Ruiz on Behind the Curtain, a What's Hot in the Strip Clubs podcast on the Pantheon Podcast Network. You can find us on all major streaming platforms and at our website, www.whatshotitsc.com. All right, I got a couple more questions for you. We just talked about the amazing club you're at right now, Vixens down in South Florida. Please go check them out and, and make sure you see the guests, lineup of guest DJs they got coming up uh, in, in 2023. Um, for DJing, who was some of the biggest influences on you? Hmm. Uh, you mean as as as
2: artists? As a DJ, as
1: a, a DJ. that I've worked with? It could be, or even a big big name DJ, like you know, maybe musically, like who just you know. Wow,
2: that's a really good question. Wow, that's a really good question. Um, I I feel like I've worked with some of the best guys in the industry. Nice. The South Florida market. Talented. Um, talented It's is such a hard market to crack too you know yeah um man i, I was very fortunate to to w- work for Michael Peters and work for the Dawes of America yeah and work for and with some of the best industry people um over the years yeah who wow that's such a good question
1: um why do you think? I told you, you know, Joey gave me my break. John Harden was a big influence on yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of me. I, gotta, I, I,
2: I got to say, I got to say, Storm, Storm's been my partner Mr. now, yeah. yeah, for so many years. You know, we've been together at Scarlett's Not Vixens. Um, learned a lot from that guy. He's yeah. a real technical guy, too. He knows, he knows... um a lot about the equipment a lot about the okay. softwares if i ever have any questions that that's my go-to guy
1: okay know?
2: um and over the years we've worked so well together um that i think that we we make each other better you know yeah he's been a big influence because we've, we we've worked together for so many years
1: iron um, sharpens iron right
2: yeah man you know it's like uh we just we just really work really well together, you know. That's I awesome. think that's very important. I think I think that's really important um is to have um to have that working relationship because there's over the years there's there's too many too many uh DJs that are cutthroat that yeah um you bring in and kind of like stir things up next thing you know you know they're trying to throw you under the bus they're trying yep. to say that hey this girl or that girl had a problem with him they're running the management complaining you know there's always somebody trying to get your shit you know yep. what i'm saying all agreed so to, so to have looking looking over your back all you know all the time it, it's not a good work environment and, and no. there's too many there's been too many of those guys
1: um, Shout out to my guys. Why yeah. you say that, uh, Ryan Melchior, Chris Patterson, Louis, all the guys who uh, we always had a good booth at Kahoots where we always yeah. were on the same page. And if we did have a disagreement, we could talk about it, and it wasn't a big deal.
2: Right, right. It was never. Uh, that's one thing that I can I can honestly say about Storm is like it, that's never been an issue. You yeah. know, uh, we we work so well together. It's never been an issue, and we trust each other. No one's. Doing the old, you know, hi, what's up, hi. buddy? To your face while hi. he's taking the knife and sticking <laughs> it. <in the knife.
1: laughs> That's good. No, who who so would cool. be your dream artist to book there at Vixen's? Who who what what DJ would you love number one to have book there?
2: <laughs> there you go. Wow.
1: If you could have anybody
2: right now. Man.
1: Money's go- not an option. Doesn't David matter. Go- David, David Getty, I would love to see that too.
2: David Getta, Tiesto. If it happens, let
1: me know, I'll fly down. <laughs>
2: oh, God. I don't think we can afford those guys. But yeah, no, I David know. Guetta, Tiesto. Uh, Calvin. Those guys, those guys are, you know, what David Geta has been doing the last couple of years. Uh, it's ridiculous. And on fire. Yeah. yeah. It, um, yeah I remember when cool.
1: Love Is Gone dropped. I heard that in 08 in Vegas. Oh, man. Brock, yeah. I saw Vice yeah. and... Vegas. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, got
2: Benny Benassi is playing tonight, I believe, yeah. at Dare and Ooh. at the Hard Rock. Nice. Tonight. So which is right down the street from us.
1: Okay. All right. So you get some good uh after crowd hopefully, rush yeah, too.
2: Hopefully we'll get a nice little bump from that
1: later um, on. What do you want to do with this? What do you where do you want to go next? What's that for you after Vixen's? What's or if if anything? Not that you're unhappy. I don't want it. So let me paint the picture right. I'm just saying, like, you know.
2: Oh, I'm writing this one out, man. I'm writing out as long as it'll take me, you know, as long as we can go. there's awesome. so many opportunities coming up, so many other things that we that are in the works that uh we're actually we're actually uh involved with the Miami Music Week. There's an event that we're doing yeah. that that uh I'm DJing at down on South Beach uh for Twisted Funk Records. Awesome. You know, so all the Again, all the blessings that have come my way and opportunities that have come my way since I've been at Vixens has been, uh, has been awesome for me. It, helps, it has helped me um, be better and, ex- and expand my knowledge better. And the opportunities I've had now to work with all these other DJs is, you know, you learn from like, even uh, we have a guy uh, that comes back. Like, this We just had damaged goods last okay. weekend. Oh, very uh, cool. We've had we've had Mr. Gray. We've had uh Todd's
1: awesome. He was on the show. He's yeah, yeah, we've had
2: him um multiple times. So you know, DJ Deville. Yes, love Deville. Um it's another great guy. Great guy. Um he he's involved with um oh, what's it good? Not, not uh oh club killers. He's club involved with club killers, club killers. yeah. Club so. killers, yeah. Uh, he's Which a, is a
1: DJ subscription service for all yes, you people who don't know. He, so he's a
2: fantastic remixer. Yes, he is uh, an amazing, an amazing performer DJ. Uh, so it's it's great to work with him. Having to work with him, and uh, you know, looking forward to all the other guys that are coming in. Yeah, and you know, and all the other opportunities that are coming in uh, this year. It's exciting.
1: Shout out, out to good. Club Killers. That's actually probably one of my favorites. Yeah. One of my secret weapon. I get a lot of stuff that are a lot of stuff. Yeah. on yeah, yeah I love uh
2: JD Live from yep. Calculus, uh has performed with us. Has cool come and DJ there, and uh, we're also we're also doing a lot with uh, DJ City. We have uh, yeah a subscription with them. There's a lot of good music coming off of DJ City.
1: Agreed. Um, so yeah, do you, it's, do you produce? Would you want to produce,
2: Matt? You know what? It's the only thing I haven't done. I haven't had the the time
1: time i was gonna say
2: really, I, mean, I have two i have two teenagers I, i'm dealing with awesome. and so for me to find that but i do want to start doing that i yeah. definitely want to start doing that at least start with uh with uh doing some uh remixes or, or doing some mashups
1: yeah i got into it for a little while and i want to shout yeah. out on I, went i dj vice hooked me up with a school he's a tied with in la and you can do it online i did it in mm-hmm. his anonymous studios la they're phenomenal they've worked with a lot of big name people i can mm. tell you about them off air but you ready to have some fun yeah all right so okay. i always wrap up the show okay with uh, the questions made famous by bernard Pivot and james lipton on inside the actor studio and then with a little bit of twist so uh okay. here comes 10 questions your way just off the top of your head are you ready all right, all right. All andrew right. Ruiz, you're on the hot seat what is your favorite word fuck okay what is your least favorite word
2: Least favorite word. Mm, Least favorite word,
1: wow, that's a good one. (laughs) Least favorite word would be, uh, can't. Can't, oh, I like it, all right. Uh, What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? What turns me on?
2: Uh, Well, we can't go there on that
1: one let
2: me let me take that one out
1: creatively uh, spiritually yeah. or emotionally and we can go sexually if you want but
2: <laughs> yeah. uh creatively what turns me on is is really is is uh music music is, is such a big part of my life that
0: mm-hmm.
2: i could be in my car and hear something and and be blown away and quickly shazamming it so i can get it or get another mix out in the version um but right now creatively yeah it's music okay music is 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 my driving theme i I go to bed listening to music i wake up listening to music so and that's uh, yeah DJ. that's what works for me
1: what turns you off my friend
2: negativity negativity there's so many people that are just they have this energy about them you know and then mm-hmm. when they come in a room or you talk to them, it's like, Man, I can't even deal with that person. It's like, you can feel that negativity just flowing off of them. You know, and the yeah, minute right. they start talking, it's complaining about this, this, my my life, all these things. And there's just so many people that are just so negative that they, yeah. that, that uh, you know, if they're not going to be supportive of what you're doing and they're going to stand in your way and be negative and shoot everything down. And, and you know, like I've been told... Aren't you a little old <laughs> to be doing this? Aren't you a little old to be going to ultra music fest? No, it's it's that negativity that I, I, I just really do not like.
1: I get all. it. I yeah. agree, my friend. Uh, I think I know the answer to this because you kind of said it. What is your favorite curse word? <laughs> yeah, fuck. Fuck it. fuck it is. That's everyone so far, I think. I'm pretty fuck. sure everyone said fuck. <laughs> yeah. What sound or noise do you love? My kids laughing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That belly laugh that kids have? My
2: my kids laughing and being
1: happy. Yeah, amen, man, amen. Uh, What sound or noise do you hate? What sound or noise do I hate?
2: (laughs) Wow. Um, That's a good one. I'll tell you, the ringing in my ears.
1: Yeah, the tinnitus, tinnitus.
2: The tinnitus that I have in my
1: <laughs> Best answer so far. That's,
2: that's, I hate that.
1: Amen, yeah. brother. Yeah. And we all have that. Every DJ has yeah, got tinnitus. They're going to come up with headphones that actually let you hear all the intricate parts of the music without blowing your ears out.
2: <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. It's, it's tough at night when you're trying to sleep after you work because it's worse after you work, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're laying in bed and you need yeah. oh. That's, that would be it, yeah. I
1: just heard mine now because you made me think of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt?
2: Wow. I ended up doing this out of, oh. out of, out of necessity because I needed a job.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because I, I never really had any direction in what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I was always the kind of person as if I did something, taught me how to do it, then I would strive to be the best at it right? okay. best that can be at it. So what would I, uh, uh, you know, I, I, think, um, it would, it would have to be something in hospitality, maybe, maybe running, a maybe running, a, uh, my own business mm-hmm. or, or, uh, running a, a, major hotel. Okay. To
1: that effect. Very cool. What yeah. profession would you not like to do under any circumstance? The, the guy
2: that has the big rubber glove that he's sticking his arm up the ass of an elephant <laughs> or a cat or a horse.
1: So you don't want to be a vet. <laughs> that,
2: <that's the> guy. <laughs> you know, the one that has to do the uh, yeah. examination, to <laughs> <a little. laughs> you know, that's good. I want to be that guy.
1: All right, D- all right, Andy, this is the big one. Okay. This is the modified question. If heaven exists, yeah. when you uh, cross, into, cross the pearly gates, what musician would you most like to jam with or hear play live for you in heaven?
2: Oh, man. Freddie Mercury. Ah, yes. I would just love to sit on and just chat with him, man, and listen to him sing. Wow. Yeah. That's a good one.
1: Ready, Mercury. Well, Andrew Ruiz, you are off the hot seat, man. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your it was story. A lot of fun. Experience. Thank you.
2: Thank fun. you for having me.
1: Yeah, man. It's been awesome. And, uh, any, uh, what's your, what's Vixen's website or is there any way people can follow you yeah. on Instagram or something uh, or social media?
2: VixensCabaret.com.
1: Ah, uh, there it is. Vixens Cabaret. Okay. Yeah.
2: All
1: right. That's let me re-ask web, you. All right. All right. Uh, Andy, tell me where they can find you, where yeah. Um and, uh, located on and what's the website? on Instagram. Let's see what we got Oh, it's
2: vixiscabaret.com.
1: okay? And where in Florida are you guys?
2: We are in Davie which is in South Florida. It is just south of Fort Lauderdale, okay? in between Fort Lauderdale and um, Hollywood, Florida.
1: Okay? Okay? Yeah. And uh, Instagram.
2: Vixis Cabaret on Instagram.
1: Okay, very that? cool.
2: Wait, wait, wait. There we go.
1: Yep.
2: Right? That'll work. That'll work, my friend. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and you'll see all, all our postings of our upcoming events and things like that that we have coming up. Very yeah, cool. On, uh,
1: on Instagram, Vixens Cabaret. Well, next time you, any of you, my listeners, are down in South Florida, go check out Vixens Cabaret. Go say hello to Andy Ruiz and Tristan Storm down at Vixens. You will see an amazing, amazing nightclub. That's for sure. Thanks again for coming on, man. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. You bet.